another podcast of the Institute for Conflicts Individuation Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about conflict in the time of Corona. What does it look like? How does it feel? We know right now that there are many of you out there who are very afraid and many of you have died or are sickened by this illness. And we are here to help elucidate, help understand what psychological processes and physical processes are occurring during this time. I'd also like to send a uh, message of Get Well Soon to my dear friend uh, Raffaella, who is in hospital in Rome, um, and she has COVID-19. Okay, without further ado, I'm going to introduce my co-host today, um, Jane. Um, hi, my name is Jane Litzy. I'm a naturopathic medical student here at Bastyr University. Um, we're graduating my class hopefully in June here. Um, but with the recent COVID um, outbreak, there's been a number of changes that are occurring um, within our curriculum and turning to online classes and trying to find a way to um, maintain a clinic that's gone um, largely online. So um, yeah, I'm part of a group of students that are quickly having to adapt to a changing world. So today what we were thinking about is what happens when we start to get scared? What happens when we're afraid of the unknown? What happens in the mind and what happens in the body when the unknown starts to invade? So, this is how it's going to go. We're going to talk. I am going to... I'm going to ask Jane to start talking about how the body's defenses work. And then I'm going to talk about how the mind's defenses work. And then we're going to talk about how they work in unison. And then we're going to explain how they're working together. Um, helps you understand your physical and psychological condition. And that is the hope for today's pod. So, Jane, yeah. why don't you tell us about what happens to the body when you're scared? Yeah, so just to give a brief background of I, prior to going to naturopathic medical school at Bastyr, I went to the University of Colorado and uh, got a degree in physiology. Um, so a lot of how my brain orients to um, the world is trying to understand the physiologic um, basis within the body. So when looking at COVID right now, my, my brain is looking at it through a physiology lens. Um, and so your body has almost two ways of dealing with stress. It either activates the nervous system um, or it activates um, the endocrine system to respond to stress. So um, yeah, it's if you can imagine there's a threat that presents itself to you and either um, the nervous system responds to mitigate the stress or the endocrine system responds to mitigate the stress. Um, and these are adapted responses that have um, that have gone on since like for a very long time. Like animals, rodents. Um, if you go back in like our history of as a species, like 
this is the oldest system in time um, to help mitigate um, stress. Like if you can imagine hunter-gatherers, if they came across um, something that threatened them, maybe it was a bear and boom, like the nervous system activates to um, increase adrenaline, increase heart rate, increase blood flow to muscles so that your system can quickly run away from a potential threat. Um, so I think what we're seeing right now with COVID is um, that is what is currently the perceived threat for most people. Um, and I, I think my curiosity right now is around how to help people uh, understand that stress response better so that um, they can process dealing with COVID um, in a way that they can calm down instead of continually getting stressed out about um, what they can and cannot control. And the sense of loss of control happens and what happens is the psyche regresses to a point in time when loss of control um, involved defenses that what we call archaic or archetypal defenses, they're very old type of energies that are there to defend us from things happening, but at the same time, they activate an own internal terror of the outside and the unknowing. And most of the time that these are activated is because that when the child and the mother first started their dance, the dance didn't go well. They didn't know how to dance. It did not work out. And the child's energies and defenses were not helped. Um, they were attacked. And because they were attacked, he um, or she internalized that attack. And there rise the archetypal defenses. And the archetypal defenses are more self-punishing because they're not understood by the child. They're not understood in what their meaning or how they are meant to be taken. The images are frightening and terrifying. So that's when what Jane is talking about comes in. Yeah, I mean, I think if we look really broadly at, um, so almost like if you can imagine like your brain looking in the external world or looking in the internal world. It's almost like you have eyes both ways. You have eyes looking outside and eyes looking within. And so your, um, your animal is almost monitoring its environment internally and its environment externally, looking to see if there's anything that could potentially threaten your survival. Why don't you clarify, Jane, what do you mean by animal? Yeah, like I think we, our evolution like began with like our, our current um, psyches and bodies are, they point back to a very old time in which um, like we've evolved for millennia to get to the point of having the homeostatic self-regulatory mechanisms in place in the body. So it's almost like this, the physiology of how the body works um, is as old as time. And so we're confronting an old system of um, how the body works with 
an environment now in which we're very a very far cry away from um, almost like how our system evolved and was shaped um, by the world. Um, like we used to be a lot more in touch with the body, and um, I think as we're we continue onward, we're becoming a lot more um, like mentally centered than physically centered. And Jane, I think what you're, you're hinting at right now or saying is that because we're mentally centered and we have disconnected from the body, the fear of the body under attack is much more terrifying. Exactly. Like, I think if there isn't knowledge of the self and even knowledge of how the body works, um, this could be potentially terrifying. If there isn't a clear story of why of what's unfolding um and so i think what i'm trying to do or my hope even going forward is to help illuminate how the body works and i i think people will be less afraid if they understand that um yeah this is just their body reacting to a stressful state there's nothing wrong with that it's just how the body works so when the body is working in a stressful state i think what jane is trying to elucidate is that during that time, it triggers the psychological process that's also working in a stressful state. So these energies are connected, and therefore they're, they're triggering two different responses. One is of what Jane is talking about, of the body. The other is of the psyche. And when the psyche starts to deduct what is happening out there, who is happening out there and where do I need to be to be safe? That's when things go bad because that connection, that stressful connection right there, you are raising the stress of body and mind at the same time. So Jane, you want to... Yeah, I mean, I think where I immediately go with that is... Um... The stress response in the body is meant to turn on very quickly to help um, to help you get out of the stress. So it's almost like, oh, we notice something is threatening is coming towards us. The body activates a lot of hormonal and um, nervous system responses to help mitigate that stress. And it does that by either having you move away from it of like running away um, or fighting or shutting down. So it's almost like you have built-in behavioral um, responses to stress. What's different about um, what's going on now, I think, is there isn't a clear time in which we're going to not have COVID as an external potential threat. So it's I think that's that's what's pinging a lot of people is there's. Um, it's not like a week of finals and everyone's like, whew, that was hard. I can relax now. It's like we've raised this like, uh-oh, there is this external threat of COVID and we have no idea when it's going to end. And I, I think if we look at it very broadly of the stress response was designed to be activated on the scale of like minutes to hours. It was never designed to be activated for days to years. What, what happens when that stress response, Jane, is activated for such a long period of time? Yeah, so that's 
that's almost the beauty of the response is um, the, the term that is currently being used is called psychoneuroimmunology. So psycho meaning psyche, neuro meaning nervous system, immunology meaning immune system, and they've just recently even added endocrinology to it. So it's psyche, nervous system, endocrine system, immune system are all connected. Um, and so we were designed that when there was a, a threat that was presented, it would increase actually immune activity. So, so it's almost like your immune system for... Can, Jane, yeah. can you give an example of like, uh, when you say attack, yeah. what that means? So uh, the listeners could get a clearer picture, Yeah. So paint a picture for them. Sorry about that. Yeah, That's, if I back up and um, we're talking about stress and if we look at that from a, like what elicits threat to the system. Um, so it's almost like, what are the things that turn on the stress response? You have three categories. There's um, psychic stressors, and those fall into the categories of conflict, uncertainty, lack of control, and lack of information. And so those are almost like exactly what is being um, illuminated right now with so much uncertainty about COVID and like, we don't know what's going to happen. And so there's a lot of psychic triggers. Physical triggers of stress could be like predators or physical disasters, like very much um, external world, yeah, physical things going wrong. There's also emotional stressors of if there's un, like unmet emotional needs like love or connection or... So all of those, so psychic, physical, or emotional are almost like the three categories of um, triggers that can illuminate the stress response in the body. Um, and so, yeah, when I, when I say under attack, what I mean is there's a threat, whether it's psychic, whether it's physical, or whether there's an emotional threat. So, I think if we think about it in a way that uh, the coronavirus has done this, it has crossed all these lines. It's crossed the psychic barrier. It's, be, it's taking up a stance in our psyches that no other virus has had in a way that is pretty impressive um, from this virus. But we have to remember that we, as organisms on this planet, have lived with viruses for eternity. Viruses and us, we are symbiotic in relationship. They live on us, in us, and within us, they change us. So we have to keep that in mind because we have to remember that we cannot be overwhelmed by a sense of loss and fear that will terrorize us. We do not need to do that to ourselves. We need to understand the event that is occurring. This event that is occurring is a virus. We take precautions. We self-isolate. We will be okay. This message needs to be repeated to everybody. We're going to be okay. This is important for everyone to hear. Because... I know there's a lot of fear out there as to what's going to happen and what's... And so, 
part of the reason we are talking about this particular thing of fear is that because the trigger, that stress response, that fear response, once the psyche is triggered, the body is triggered. They're triggered, and as Jane was elucidating, cannot be triggered for days, weeks, or years. Yeah, and I mean, I think to speak to that of um, like short-term stress actually enhances immune activity. So it's almost like your immune defenses become like very heightened, almost like your body's like, where is the invader? Like, I'm looking for the invader. Um, but if the stress continues past like three days, it actually begins suppressing immune functionality. So um, like that's why I think this is so paramount that people understand is stress is enhancing short term. It's really depleting of the immune system long term. And so I think as a society finding ways to like self-regulate and calm down um, is paramount. So for example, um, meditation is really good, a helping strategy for those who are very, very anxious. You could do a guided meditation where you could sit, close your eyes and breathe, focus on your breathing, or you could just close your eyes and focus on nothing. It's up to you, but it is a way of finding some peace internally, which Jane is talking about, stress responses, the body reacts in certain ways, the mind is reacting in certain ways. Being within yourself helps you stay, stay stress-free, or at least in a state where you are not triggered. And that's where we, we want to help everybody get to is a state where people are not triggered by what's going on. Yes, is scary time? Yes. Uncertain time? Yes. Is it unpredictable time? Yes. Is it the end of time? No. It's just a different form of disease. We have to figure it out. This is not going to change anything. Disease is always going to be there. We're always going to have viruses. That's, that's going to happen. We cannot react like the world is going to end because there's a virus. The world has stopped for sure. But maybe we need to slow down. Maybe we could look at the positive aspects of isolation and self-isolation. Maybe we could look at um, the positive aspects of being with family or friends in a tight space and getting to know each other better. Maybe understanding each other helps. Maybe understanding oneself will be very helpful for us. Sitting there reflecting on the things that make us who we are and how we are in the world. How we have created so much, how we've come to this point in time and how our capacity to grow will continue. We have to believe. We have to believe that we will survive because the body needs that belief. Right, Jane? Yeah, I mean, I think there's lots of things at play here. I don't want to minimize that, like, this is stressful and it calls for stress. Like, I, I think what we're seeing in the world around us right now is almost, 
like the global stress response of mobilizing resources and um, isolating things. Like it, it's like a very almost like exactly what's happening around us on some level is the stress response. We're witnessing it all around us. Um, but I think if we get caught up too much in it, it can cause issues long term with health consequences. Um, so if we know that these certain triggers like induce the stress response, so whether it's conflict, uncertainty, lack of control, lack of information, um, physical triggers or emotional triggers, if, like, if we know that that's how it turns on, what turns off the stress response is a sense of control, um, of having the internal locus of control to say like, I might not be able to control what's happening outside of myself, but I have the capacity to calm my own system down. So I think what we're seeing is an entire system that feels out of control. But if on a personal level we have control to self-regulate, um, like that is power right now. So when we're thinking about ourselves, we have to think about inside out. We have to think from the inside of ourselves to the outside. We cannot connect ourselves to the outside things, the trappings of whatever exists outside that made us who we are. We are beings. We are part of self. We have a self, and that self is independent of anything that occurs on the outside. Remember that you are important. Remember that you are special. The self is special. Every self on this planet is special. I want to talk about how we as human beings on this planet need to understand and be appreciative of the time that we have right now to understand each other as a globe and understand that our flight and our flight and our fight are with one thing is that we take care of each other and make sure everybody survives and everybody's healthy um the racism and the, um, the insults and the uh, paranoia and the uh, psychotic behavior and the aggression and the fascism that occurs due to the origination of where this fire started is unacceptable on so many different levels. And I hope that everybody out there spreads the message of um, peace and belonging and love because there are things that are going on now that we really need each other to stand up for each other to be there for each other this is a very very complicated time um, personally I've been through war I have been through blockades and embargoes I have been um, under um, house isolation because they're bombing outside. So I've seen things during my 53 years on this planet. There's no need to panic. You will get through. We shall all get through. Jane, tell us more about what we could do for our bodies. Yeah, I mean, I think 
from an naturopathic medicine perspective, I think the lowest hanging fruit is what we call the foundations for health. Um, of they're they're pretty much like the basis of if you do these things regularly, um, you're providing the inputs that your mind and body need to be well. Um, and so those are things like sunshine, uh, movement of getting exercise, um, eating fruits and vegetables um, that are healthy, uh, sleeping enough, and engaging with like relationships. So it's the things that you already probably know, um, but it's a matter of like really being diligent about, about doing them. Um, I, if anything, I think having, you know, people that aren't having to go to work, there is suddenly an opportunity to like have your own sleep schedule of like you're, you're able to um, maybe have a little bit more room to go to bed when your body wants to go to bed and maybe wake up when you like want to wake up of, um, I, I think if we can focus on giving the body inputs uh, that it needs to self-regulate by just doing the foundations for health, that's like the lowest hanging fruits um, stuff people can do to support their bodies. Um, I think like you said, La, meditating, I think having any form of self-reflective practice or um, yeah, inducing the relaxation response in any way that we can is going to be a powerful uh, tool going forward. I think movement is a, a great way to dissipate um, stress of if we look at where that came from, of if we were under um, stress, our, our ancestors would run away from the problem of if we can find a way to engage our musculature um, day to day, it helps our bodies get rid of the stress that's beginning to accumulate. Um, I think relationships are going to be a profound, um, a profound arena of self-regulation going forward here of having people to talk to that, um, that know you and you feel like you can actually be who you are with them and tell them where you're at and what's bothering you. Of, I think one of the most powerful things we can do is almost name the thing that we feel anxious about of sitting with um, ourselves and being like, why am I so stressed out right now? Um, that if we can place a finger on that and even share it with others, I think it has a powerful capacity to turn off the stress response um, by naming the thing that we um, are reacting to of maybe you went to the grocery store and it was like, they didn't have toilet paper and that really stressed out um, stressed you out if you can at least identify like oh this was the thing that um, tipped me into a stress response like that that's a really powerful place to um, get to so I think in the beginning just beginning to notice um, are there any patterns that I can spot that um, initiated this stress response that's going on currently so Jane brings a very important point up of talking about toilet paper. So one of the things that's going on, one of our responses psychologically, is to go back in time to an early defense. And the earliest defense is what Freud used to call the, um, called the anal phase of development. We are stuck in the anal phase of development. That's why everybody's hoarding toilet paper at this point in time. Um, 
What I also think is because uh, in Amsterdam, they're hoarding um, pot. They're not hoarding toilet paper. So I guess that uh, different defense mechanisms kick in different because that is a more primitive um, defense, which is the oral phase of development, according to Freud. So Freud, the uh, hierarchy of oral, anal, phallic, it, um, is, is a developmental structure that he talked about how the child grows into the world and starts to identify, and how the body identifies with that child. Now, um, we are young in broadcast, but... Uh, Freud is one of the founders of psychoanalytic psychology, so we do talk about him. Um, I'd like Jane to talk about a little bit more about what you could do at home to kind of move and physically um, work out or stretch out or uh, breathing exercises, meditation, stretching. What would you... Can you, do you have some ideas for people that they could do um, that uh, around the house? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think on some level that's a great utilization of things like Instagram. Of, I mean, in the, in the previous six months myself, I've been really working on um, like strengthening certain areas of my body. And I've gone on to Instagram and um, almost begun searching for people on there that are either physical therapists or, um, um, yeah, people that are movers that have ideas of how to, um, how to engage the body physically. And I think there's no shortage of people out there that are doing that work. It's just a matter of, I think, um, maybe instead of using social media to further, um, confirm the concern about COVID, we could pivot to also using um, social media to um, develop tools to help us um, engage, our, engage our physicality so that we can move our bodies and dissipate the stress instead of using our phones to further exacerbate the stress. Um, there's great meditation apps out there that I think are, um, many are free, uh, that offer um, guided 10 to 15 minute meditations that I think are incredibly powerful for giving the message of safety to the body. Um, there's also breathing apps that teach you um, how, how to engage the breath as a tool to help calm the uh, stress response. So yeah, I, I think if we just focus on those three things right now of getting um, some movement in, um, maybe doing some daily meditations, and uh, learning how to engage the breath to calm ourselves down. I think it'd be a powerful initial step to gaining some self-control over the stress response. And so I think um, with that, we were talking about the stress response. So what the psyche does is it will start um, throwing images at you that are terrifying. Um, when you're under stress. So it, it, it is also under stress, right? So you are not just feeling it in the body, you are starting to get these images of catastrophic things that could happen to you. And you're thinking, where is that coming from? 
How is that happening to me? Why is that happening to me? And part of the idea is that you can stop that by naming it, calling it out, saying, ah, I don't see myself doing that. That is not me. That is fear. That is my body being afraid. I need to be able to breathe. If I can start to listen to my breathing, I can calm myself. I could sit in a comfortable place and just breathe. Close my eyes and breathe. Mm -hmm. The longer we are able to sit in, in silence and peace, the more you get to hear the inner dynamics of your body. Like now, how we hear all the birds that are coming out and you could see them now and you could hear them and they're singing and it's because there is no outside noise. It is quiet out there and that's why all the birds have come out. Same thing with the body. You could hear the birds in your body if you are able to calm yourself. Mm. That is a task. That's a beautiful metaphor. Yeah. Um, do you think having more space um, with this isolation that we've been placed under is going to illuminate um, like internal discomfort for people? I think, it I think it's, it's going to be very uncomfortable for some people because... Think about it. Our society, we don't, we don't spend any time in home. Yeah. I mean, literally, we don't. We, totally. we spend, uh, you're a student, um, or completing um, being a student. You're graduating. True. So, what is your daily activity while you are in school, for, for example? Yeah. I mean, I was leaving the house at like 6.30 a.m. to drive to the clinic yeah. pretty much daily. Um, getting back fairly late, just like very chronically stressed, I would say, with the external demands of school. Um, I was very disciplined of having, like even within that um, schedule, I would get up every morning and have um, like 30 to 40 minutes of meditation and journaling before I started the day, almost as this touchstone to um, almost almost orient the day towards um, a direction of like peace and calm and self-reflection than um, getting up and immediately diving into the troubles of the day. Um, and then at the end of the day, I was doing a lot of movement um, on my own at the gym or I was dancing. I, I love to dance. And so yeah, I think previously I had a really, really packed schedule, but I was still maintaining some balance with what time did you get home mm. um it depended i had a little bit of room in my schedule some nights um, i had a 5 to 9 p.m shift so that mm. was a really late um shift that would often kind of disrupt sleep cycles for me the next mm. day um so yeah i think there's a big sudden shift of there was so much external coming and going like out into the world where suddenly we've been um that's like fallen away and it's a lot more introspection and staying still it stopped it it's... didn't fall away <laughs> somebody hit the brakes and i could hear them screeching across the world 
we have stopped doing all activities outside that we used to do on a daily basis. Jane as a student would wake up in the morning and come back in the evening at night. Just so much more connection. Like I think of all of the people that I would that I would come in contact with and I guess I never thought of myself as an or as an extroverted person, but I think just the day-to-day engagement with friends and colleagues and professors and patients and um, I'm someone who I think really likes that degree of contact and um, it I think feeds me if I'm a very playful person that I like having that dynamic of um, of being embodied and and being around other people like it's um, I, I think that that's almost the unforeseen consequence right now is of not realizing what effect not having physical presence has on our psyches. And this is going to become stressful because the body requires touch. Totally. This is the other problem, right? So um, you need to be kind to your body. That means if you have a partner, be able to touch each other. You are in the same confined space. You are okay. You can touch each other. You can be close to each other. It's important to be close. It's important for physical touch to occur. If physical touch doesn't occur for long periods of time, the body will go into a stress response because it feels like the body is in trouble. I think it was one of our earliest cues of safety of like we entered this world and we were immediately um, like that. That's the protocol is you get placed in your mother's arms and almost like that initial touching of the body sends a, a signal to the brain that like we're safe. Um, so I, I'm not sure anyone is thinking that like there's safety to be found. Yes. About not having contact to prevent Corona from spreading. But I think the secondary consequence of that is a world that suddenly stops touching one another. Um, and I think the impacts of that on like brain wellness are not small. Especially when you have children or younger people at home or the elderly or anybody. They need to be held, they need to be talked to, they need to be helped to calm down. They need to know that externally you could calm them internally. The calmer everybody is, the more everybody talks to everybody in a calm voice, an inner voice, from the self to the other, then people would feel a lot more comfortable in their skin, in the situation in general. So that's what we're hoping to get to everybody. This message of hope, a message of um, fighting on, keeping your spirit. Totally. Yeah, I think it's a time to begin learning about the body and how we can um, yeah, engage in activities to help calm ourselves down. I think that's what's being called for right now. So, Jane, you're saying we have time to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think we all, 
with our freed up morning commute and evening commute time, um, it's opened, like what if we spent that time on self-care activities that um, we could engage with to help bring peace internally? You can also reach out and talk to all those people who you haven't talked to for ages because you're too busy. You could talk to them totally. on Skype, you could talk to them on WhatsApp, you could talk to them on Messenger, you could talk and talk and talk. It's about time that we reached out and started talking and started writing memes towards everybody. <laughs> Why don't we start to communicate, have long conversations about what it's like to live on this planet, to be in this world. You know, one of the great side effects of uh, this quarantine is that everybody who wished they had more time at home, you have your wish now. <laughs> Enjoy your time. I am Dr. Lahab El Samurai. This is Jane Litzy, and we are the Institute for Conflicts Individuation Podcast in times of in the time of Corona and conflict. We will be back tomorrow to continue our conversation about how things are going and where we are. And we will discuss other issues about the self and the psyche and about how you can be aware and more aware of your body. Thank you for listening and hope to talk to you tomorrow. all of you listeners. Please share the podcast with your friends and spread the word. If you would like to help expand our community, like us on Facebook and Instagram and give us a five-star review on iTunes. I'm Sonia Mahmood and you've just listened to the Institute of Conflict Individuation Podcast. We'll be back soon.